0: Hey, everybody. It's Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. And this week on the Social Pros podcast, my man, my special Texas friend, he is the executive strategist from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Mr. Adam Brown is with me. And boy, this is like an enthusiasm overload this week, Adam.
1: <laughs> it really is. We haven't had a whole lot of guests on the show twice. I think, Jay, you've, 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 you've consulted the database and the uh, archival teams and i think it's it's less than 5 right?
0: And uh, maybe a little more than that but it's definitely less than a dozen for sure and that's across you know almost 9 years of the show so pretty rare for us to have somebody on the show twice.
1: It is and, and Carmen Collins uh, senior social media and talent brand manager at Cisco really as as she did 3 years ago has some great stories to tell about how brands like Cisco Really find and recruit and retain talent and a lot about kind of what has changed in the past three years. We've got platforms like Snapchat that were just three years ago or or just burgeoning. And you've got technologies and platforms like Glassdoor and and others that uh, weren't even around just a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. And she goes into some great detail on how they operationalize some of these things, how they find stories from a very, very large employee pool, how they get employee generated content uh, activated, how they do their editorial calendar. This is an episode that's going to have you taken a lot of notes, especially if you have anything to do with recruiting via social. And, and I think most of us should at some level, right? I don't mean it, it really, as you mentioned on the show, it's part of the sort of thinking of social as a layer in your company instead of a marketing department.
1: And all of us are recruiters uh, in terms yeah. of, of, of our of our of what we do well and said. as we try to bring in uh, new employees. But specifically, a, a, as you said, how do we empower those those employees? Uh, EGC, as as Carmen calls it, employee generated content, being such an integral part of all of that.
0: And I got to tell you guys, if you don't want to work for Cisco after you listen to this show, yeah, I will be very very surprised because. Carmen is absolutely hilarious. She's a tons of tons of fun. She's passionate about what she does. This is one of my favorite conversations we've had in a long, long time this week on the Social Pros Podcast. This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. Welcome to season six of Social Pros. If you want to learn how big companies succeed with social media, You found the perfect podcast. The show is brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers through social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. The show is also brought to you by Yext, whose award-winning location management platform helps companies of all sizes drive more foot traffic to their doors and get more customer reviews. And by Convince & Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to the world's most interesting brands. Convince & Convert makes your social better. My co-host for the show is Adam Brown. Find all links, archives, and more at socialpros.com. Are you ready? Let's get to work. Hi, it's Jay Bear, and this week's episode of the Social Pros Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, who have a complete guide for B2B social media marketers that you can download right now. It will show you the best types of content, the best time to post content, the best channels to use, what kind of metrics to use. It is super comprehensive and absolutely free. Go to bit.ly slash social B2B guide. That's bit.ly slash social B, the number two B guide, all lowercase to download it right now. is from our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Also, the show this week is brought to you by our pals at TechSmith. Man, I love, I use TechSmith tools all the time, Snagit and Camtasia. With tools like these, anybody can create custom screenshots, screencasts, videos. If you're trying to merchandise your results internally and show your boss how great you are at social, you can be using a lot more visuals than you're using today. If you need marketing videos, but you don't have a production team, Camtasia is for you. It's for folks who don't have video experience. Communicating with visuals is more important than ever. Camtasia and Snagit make it easy. Go to techsmith.com slash That's techsmith.com slash pros to learn more. Thanks so much. Carmen Collins, Sr., social media and talent brand manager at Cisco, is back on Social Pros after an almost three-year absence. Carmen, how are you? Thanks for being here.
2: I'm back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's and, and that is amazing on two levels. One, that we don't have a lot of people back on the show. You gotta be pretty special. And second, more importantly, you're actually still at Cisco. There is a very long and frankly well-documented history on this program where people go on social pros and almost immediately change companies. Uh it is if you're looking to if you're looking to change jobs, the first thing you should do is go on social pros because it appears to be the springboard, maybe not to better things, but certainly to different things. So when I actually remembered that you were still at cisco i was like wow that's crazy that never happens to us and we are delighted Don't
2: tell my boss that she'll freak out too. no i'm just
0: i'm not you know i'm not i'm not making any sort of value judgment i'm just telling you that that the actual data and, and Adam's so is a data weird? guy too. The actual data would support the fact that most people- We are more important
1: than a headhunter, yes.
0: Yes, most oh. people who are on the show are gone within a year. Uh, that, okay. is, that is the truth. But not you, well, I'm
2: thrilled to be back, and I'm we thrilled are to still working at Cisco. So thanks for having Cisco
0: me. Cisco is the best, one of my favorite companies to work with as well. So tell us. You, you do a little different style of social as people who maybe heard you three years ago would remember, but let's recap that for folks. You are not selling stuff in social. You've got a different uh, angle and a different approach and a different... Yeah. Uh, tell us how it works.
2: Well, I'm still selling something, but I'm, I'm selling something mm. pretty
0: awesome.
2: I'm selling the idea. I'm selling a lifestyle. I'm selling the uh, great and awesome culture. That is Cisco and my KPIs uh, for the talent brand team. And if you don't know what a talent brand is out there uh, in podcast land, it is a way a company goes externally into the market to talk about the culture, what the people are like, what kind of jobs you'd be doing, what projects you would be working on in order to attract talent to come work for your company. And as Cisco is one of the largest IT companies in the world, and we're headquartered in Silicon Valley, uh, as you can imagine, we have a lot of competition for that. Uh, very highly sought after tech talent. And it's my team's job. We use the We Are Cisco social media handles. You can find us at We Are Cisco pretty much everywhere, even on Snapchat. And um, it's our job to go out in the world and talk about what a cool place Cisco is to work. It's not a hard gig because Cisco is a really cool place to work. As you said, I'm still here three years later. It's awesome.
0: How do you tie social? back to those recruiting success metrics? Is it, is it total number of applications? Is it some sort of formula that says this candidate is of a higher quality? Is it, um, retention? So you don't have people leaving Cisco. How do you say, all right, yeah, we're going to put money headcount Carmen, uh, into the field here to, to become an employer of choice, employer of choice. What does that spreadsheet look like?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked that because last year, I was really tired of hearing people say that social doesn't matter when it comes to recruiting talent. And I made it my mission to prove them wrong. Um, I'm such a rebel that way. But um, we use the full funnel, just like sales metrics, just like most social media people would do. We, we track awareness so we are driving share of voice when you're talking about great places to work or the list of top 10 best companies to work for, or here's your glass door, you know, top best reviewed company. So we have those awareness metrics that we're tracking against. And then we have um, our... Engagement metrics are what we call consideration, um, people relating to us. If a tree falls in the forest and nobody Instagrams it, does it happen? Right. And so what we do is yeah, we're posting on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, but are people paying attention to us and really relating to our content? And then we have our you know hard click numbers. Are we driving people to our careers website? We just um launched a new careers website last year. And in launching that, we realized that the front end of the site and the back end of the site weren't talking to each other. So we just got metrics to tell us how many actual applies we're driving. And I had a little party and a glass of champagne. Yeah, and that's that that's great. Happened. Um, and, you know, it's not everything isn't one-to-one. It's not, oh, social for sure drove this metric because people don't come in and out of the funnel in a straight line. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm
0: not gonna quit them. my job based on a tweet. I don't care how good that tweet was. Like, I mean, there's <laughs> come on, a level. I'm really
2: good. I'm really I know good. you
0: are, Carmen. That's why you're back on <laughs> the show. But there's a level at which, we, you know, this is an assisted conversion, as the kids would say. <laughs> exactly, uh,
2: exactly. But, you know, it's funny then, you say that
0: because a lot of people don't, they have different, they have third party. A lot of companies that I've worked with, even on Talent Brand Social, they have third-party third, pri- third party application software, right? And so even if you want to be able to track it back all the way, it just gets all messed up and they can't do it. So it's really great that you are able to have that visibility all the way through the funnel. That's awesome.
2: Yes, and then of course, yes, we do have a, a retention metric. The cost of retaining an employee is zero, right? And that saves Cisco's bottom line some money and, and we're all about driving business impact with what we do. But because our entire strategy around talking about our talent brand and social media is what we call EGC. Most people call it UGC, user-generated content. We call ours employee-generated That's content. That's what
0: I call it too. I love it. you
2: really? Yes. Like you, you stole my term, Jay.
0: I don't know. I'm <laughs> going to check, I'm gonna check my copyright on that.
2: <laughs> Give me a little asterisk in your next You got box. it. thank you Carmen like uses this too. But because we built it around advocacy, advocacy is a huge part. And it does play retention you know, there is a retention role in what we do. Employees get excited when they get featured on We Are Cisco. And they, they get excited when we reach out to them by seeing a post on Twitter or Instagram and saying, you really have a story and we'd like to share it. It amazes me. We have amazing employees. I kid you not. We have a Shark Tank uh, alumni who got a deal on Shark Tank. And we have an amazing race runner, we have a guy who works in blockchain. We have folks that work in artificial, artificial intelligence. I mean, things you don't think of Cisco as doing, and that's part of my job is to tell people, yes, we're really cool. We have this,
0: and, and that's my and that's my question because having done uh, again some some of this work as a strategist for some of our clients one of the challenges and i really want to know how you how you handle this one of the challenges is how do you find the stories and how do you surface them right and and it's a big company it's a disparate workforce you've got tons of different job sites some people who even are rad and have a cool story a don't think their stories that cool b are not really storytellers right because they're an engineer or whatever so so how do you do that are you sort of are you, are you sort of a reporter or do you re- rely on other employees to, to sort of um, tell on each other in a good way? Um, so, so wh- what's the raw materials for, for amplification?
2: Well, the first is having a great team. I have an amazing team of people. We're small, but mighty. And we're all from a social media background. So when we knew we needed to find these advocates, we went to social and our employees use the hashtag we are Cisco when they're talking about being proud to work at Cisco. And so we started listening on that hashtag and we're very good at a team as, as a team at seeing say a photo someone posts on Instagram and immediately knowing whether that's just a photo and that's okay, or that's an Instagram story because there's more to tell there, or that's an employee bylined blog post. And again, they don't always realize they have stories and it sort of depends on their level of comfort with it, to your point. I mean, not all engineers, but most engineers are, are fairly introverted and, and much more about the data than they are about the, the storytelling. And in that case, we'll just sit down with them. They'll do a brain dump for us about what they think and what their story is. And we just put the right pieces in the right order for them. We don't write it for them. We're very big on making sure it's the employee's voice it might be edited, but it's certainly not written for them. We're not ghostwriting for 70,000 employees because I would need a much bigger team. And um, yeah, we, they, they get excited to know they have a story and then their team gets excited and their team shares their stories. We've had some of our bloggers come back to us and say that their vice president asked them to present on their blog, and you know what they learned from working with the We Are Cisco team. And I'm like, you guys, wow, we're <laughs> that gives us way more uh, visibility than we ever thought we'd get. But seventy thousand stories is. There's always something awesome to tell. And they're amazing, amazing employees.
0: Do you do you find stories and tell them? Or do you have a, a pre-existing editorial cadence? And then you're finding stories to fill those buckets. So we, we know we're going to have X blog posts a week and X IG posts and X IG stories. So let, we have to find enough stories to to fill those holes? Or is it just when we have something worth telling, we tell it?
2: It started the first way. It star- I mean, the second way. It started when we have something to tell, we'll tell it. And I have never, I've worked in social media for a long time, as you know, and before I worked in social media, we didn't even call it that. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am because that would just ruin my whole day. But um, most companies I work for, we have the problem of not enough content. To your point, we have an editorial calendar to fill. We have 365 days of tweets to do. What are we going to fill it with? We have the opposite problem uh, because we're so good at finding these stories. We are filling a 365 day a year calendar, but we're scheduled out right now through December. Who wow. has that problem, right? Like wow. we have to. We have the problem of where are we going to move things around, when and if, because it always happens. Something, something breaks. Pops yeah. up, right? Yeah. And and so that's our challenge: is who can we move where? But we're really lucky in that we have this dearth of content that we are able to fill our channels every day. And we do have a what I call our fun days calendar, because we know what th- people are going to be talking about in social. If it's national chocolate chip cookie day and you're not talking about it in social, you're not paying attention. Right. And so we'll have a calendar and we'll be like, Hey, next week is national chocolate chip cookie day. Do we have any photos of employees? <laughs> we do, by the way, employees, at Cisco love food. We're very big on cake and cookies. And, and sushi and all kinds of food. But so we have that planning structure in place, but the stories really come from what the employees care about. It's their moments, because their moments are what's gonna attract new talent to come work with us. Because someone else is going to see themselves represented or reflected in that moment.
1: Carmen Collins is great to have you back on the show. Uh, three reasons. I love having you on the show. Number one, you've got this, this, this level of enthusiasm for, for what you do. Number two, what you do is so cool. Um, the idea. I have the of, best job ever. You do have the other than Jay, Sorry, and Adam,
2: Jay and Adam. I have the best job ever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Third is you've been on the show before. So what I want to do is kind of compare and contrast a little bit about kind of how you approach certain topics three years ago when you were on uh, Social Pros the first time and and today. I know one of the things you just talked about having this unbelievable editorial calendar. You've got it filled through December. It's the opposite of what many of us and social media practitioners have to deal with. How important do you find it uh, that is a brand social media presence both the general, you know, just the, the, at Cisco and the kind of the storyline that you're being told there, and the content that you're sharing from a talent uh, acquisition standpoint. How do you reconcile those two? Where and how do you determine what is going to be appropriate to go on Cisco and what's going to go in terms of talent acquisition? And is that changing? And has that changed over the past three years?
2: You know, that is a very company specific thing. I don't know that talent branding is a new area of marketing, but it's a certainly new focus for a lot of companies. And as such, I don't think a lot of companies have thought all the way through where does it fit. Some companies combine the the general message of the company and the culture message. Uh, currently, ours is separate and and there's a strategy and a reason behind that because we are a big company and we have a lot of messages and we really wanted to focus on our employee stories, um, in our, we are Cisco channels, but how do we decide, you know, who talks about what, this is what's awesome about working at Cisco. I don't think at Cisco we ever rest on our laurels. I don't think we've ever said we've got it right with culture. We have a very aspirational culture. We have, some companies call it an employee value proposition. We call it our people deal. And it's basically um, this agreement that here's what Cisco expects of employees, and here's what employees can expect from Cisco. And we realize that it's not that way everywhere in every team. It's an aspirational thing that we want to be. The same with our culture narrative. We are really paying attention as an entire company across all of our business lines, across HR and employee communications and corporate social, social responsibility. How are we going to share a narrative and then each take that narrative and tell it in our own way, in our own stories? And so we're learning at the same time. I wish I could answer that. I wish I had a good answer for it's because of this. It's sort of an inherited way that we did it before. Um, it sort of plays as to the different team strengths right now, but we're really paying attention to how we how we go forward with it.
1: Have you had the ability to kind of track Kind of the arc for uh, for the recruit to Cisco. So let's say I'm I'm thinking about joining your team. Maybe I follow the Cisco proper social media accounts and kind of get there. Then I realize there's you know you're the talent acquisition, the work at Cisco type channels. And then you know and I think when when someone does that, they're really raising their hand and they're saying, listen, I'm I'm, I'm pretty darn interested in, in this company from a uh, from joining it type of standpoint. Curious how that kind of journey exists? Is that something that you're tracking? And is that something that you're measuring? Uh, Much like, you know, Jay, and and you talked a little bit about the ROI.
2: I hope I'm going to say this right, because it's a little bit of a tongue twister. And I, I can't lay claim to it. And I unfortunately can't give the right credit to the right person. But someone, some very smart person said once that there's no such thing as candidates and customers. Your customers can become your candidates and your candidates can become your customer. So there's really not a split between your company narrative and your culture narrative as much as we might present it that way. We're really not split that way. Um, and we do track the arc in different ways, in different ways demographics. For example, Gen Y is much more concerned about a company that's going to stand for something, that's going to have a a voice in whatever thing that they're passionate about, sustainability, uh, corporate responsibility. And so to that audience, they may come to us through our uh, corporate social responsibility efforts. They may come to us through our, you know, Cisco has, we're one of the founding members of the Equal Pay Alliance. I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying that right. And um, my apologies to that wonderful group for not saying their their name right. But, you know, this is who Cisco is and what we stand for. So they might come to check us out through that avenue because that's what that generation cares about. Other, like millennials, and these are broad generalizations, right? Sorry to all the, all the demographics for giving you broad generalizations because I'm certainly not your traditional Gen Xer either. So I, I feel your pain there. But, you know, millennials care a little bit more about, their career growth, their, how are they going to progress through? And so they might come through a mentorship program or, or an event. So we can see that arc. Um, it's hard to have a metric to track that, but we have anecdotal things. Yeah. For example, we, (laughs) it's very inception. We have a blog post on our life at Cisco blog from an employee who said, here are the five blog posts that made her want to work at Cisco. So we know she came from our blog posts. I have no metric anywhere that tells me that. I just happened to know that she tweeted about it when she started at Cisco. She's like, after reading about it for two years, here I am. And of course our team, being very good at what we do, reached out to her and said, hey, we think you have a story there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. One of the things that I find interesting is your use of video and that you have a new approach that you are pioneering on Facebook Live, IGTV. uh, And and tell us a little bit about about how that works, especially because your editorial calendar is full up until December. And when you think about live video, that seems like the contrary of that, um, but perhaps not. So tell us more.
2: Well, we cut our teeth on this idea when we launched our Snapchat account two years ago. And Even this summer, our interns came in and we're having our summer of interns on Snapchat. Every day is a a takeover on the We Are Cisco Snapchat account. It was the biggest heart attack I've ever had as a social person giving the username and password to people who are not social media people, but we did it anyway. And and people
0: who are not employees, right? Because they're
2: interns. Interns, yes. So that was an even harder thing to do this summer. They're, they're employees for the 10 weeks that they're here. Yeah. But so this idea of employees taking over the account, we've had two years to get used to it. Um, a lot of companies would, and brands would be scared of it. I can see why, because it was terrifying. But <laughs> we've never had an instant, knock on wood, where we've had a problem because our employees are so concerned about doing it the right way and asking us what they thought about it after they're done and sharing metrics with them. And when Facebook Live came into being, you know, when they had their big advertising campaign and they had this live contributor role, it was a natural extension for us to be able to give our employees the ability to go live on our behalf. And it was really funny. I was like, Facebook, if you're giving somebody the ability to go live, you just might as well make them an admin. I mean, (laughs) that's all kinds of trust right there. It's, no separation, and uh, we went back into our ambassador program and and into social, and found. I mean, we were a little more selective about it in this way because you have to have a certain personality to hold a ten or fifteen minute video, and also, by the way, hold the camera. You know, you're on your phone for for fifteen minutes, but there are roving and reporters. hold it the right way. Yes. Yes. And it's a different way on Instagram than it is on Facebook. And if you have overlapping ambassadors reminding them which you know, platform they're on. And interesting thing, we found out that uh, one of our ambassadors had an Android phone. And I told her, I'm like, on Facebook, make sure you turn horizontally. And she turned her phone horizontally. But on Android, Facebook kept it vertical. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing things you learn as a social media person every day
0: i was going to ask you about that carm so on the snapchat side with the interns did you only allow interns to do snapchat takeovers who actually know snapchat or did you say well you're an intern we will teach you snapchat just curious
2: we told them they had to understand snapchat because snapchat changes so every week i mean every monday when you update snapchat surprise yeah (laughs) something new So we really can't train someone on how to use Snapchat per se, but what we do is train them on what What you're looking for and what we're hoping they would do. So we make sure to tell them to have a swipe up at the end to go to the career site. Um, You know, we give them instructions on people hate horizontal snaps. Please don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, use the lenses, be Snapchatty. So we did train them on the, how we wanted it done, but we didn't train them on the Snapchat. Got it. But again, they're the generation that
1: probably they is. know more about they probably, Snapchat. They than I, I do. Yeah, yeah they could you. teach me. Yeah. Speaking of Snapchat, I love the way that that you're using and encouraging the use of different platforms to reach different audiences. Uh, and and we're going to go back to our demographic clustering here, even though it's it's so grossly uh, offensive. But I love the idea. You know, Snapchat is is great for for attracting those those millennials. Twitter is, is kind of for those people kind of in their main zone of their career path. LinkedIn, obviously ubiquitous for, for almost all of it. Curious, if, if you're still, A, finding Snapchat good for, for interns, and B, over the past three years, how is this adjusting and evolving in terms of which platform works best for what type of either talent acquisition or talent retention activities?
2: It's a constantly changing environment. It's something we're always learning. Just a few weeks ago, Instagram threw Instagram TV at us, right? And now we have to consider longer form video on Instagram. And we're so used to telling people, 10 seconds, 10 seconds on Instagram. So we are always evaluating our metrics. How are we doing? One of the things that we are really looking at and why we focused on interns this summer is because we noticed that when we started Snapchat... It was fantastic. One of our most engaging platforms. I mean, we, I think it surprised even us. And we have seen the shift since Instagram stories launched and since Snapchat had their redesign and made everybody, you know, have the Snapchat apocalypse and how it's changed and how Snapchat as a platform has changed. And now they have a little bit of an algorithm based, you know, I don't call it a news feed because it's not really a news feed, but it's not as organic as it used to be. And we decided that this summer's summer of intern program was going to be our our test. Is it going to give us the ROI we need if we focus specifically on that demographic? Because interns leave in August. Mm -hmm. And so what are we going to do in August? Are we going to have the ability to keep this in that, in the vein in which it's meant to be consumed? So we're always evaluating. And it's funny, I'm um, actually presenting at a conference I think Jay has presented it before Digital Summit. And my conversation is Snapchat versus Insta Stories, who's going to win. And I have this series of graphics that I've received in my social media marketing emails. Maybe one of them even came from Jay's email. I don't know. I'll have to go back and and source my graphics. But, you know, the graphics between snapchat versus instagram get more and more violent over time like first it's like oh sad snapchat and the next thing you know they're mexican wrestlers in a ring and then they have a rap battle right like the graphics get progressively more violent but i saw for the first time last week a graphic that didn't even have snapchat in the equation it was whatsapp and the instagram logo all sad face right so it's it's constantly evolving We constantly have to look at where our audience is globally. I mean, you know, Mexico City and South Africa love Instagram. Bangalore, not so much. They still like Facebook. So we have to even look as a global perspective. And in China, we have WeChat and Weibo. I mean, learning how those work and for those audiences. So we're always looking. We always, as a team, make it a priority to try something new. So my team has our virtual offsite because, again, we're in... uh, how many locations Do I say? Six locations. Like five or six. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have a virtual offsite because, you know, Cisco makes cool collaboration technology that we actually use. And that's one of my, you know, challenges to the team is, all right, what new thing are we going to try to see if it sticks? And it might be WhatsApp. It might be Reddit. I don't know. We're, we're going to figure out what it is and uh, give it a try.
1: Carmen, I want to take uh, that question and just slice it one level further. So I loved how you said, you know, we're thinking about different social platforms for where people are. And when you said where you meant geographically, I'm going to take another slice of the where, and that is where they are and maybe in the consideration for a job. Okay. They're are They haven't interviewed yet, or they've submitted their resume or maybe they're on a second or third interview. They have an offer letter. Are you doing different things on different platforms you know, with content that's that's really you know focused more on that person who has even come out to Silicon Valley. They've they've looked at houses. You know, their family's talking about okay, are we going to move from you know North Dakota to uh, to California versus that person? You're just trying to get in, maybe that intern for uh, for to come out for uh, for a three month uh, commit.
2: Yes, it, it, it slices always. I, I will use our Instagram, uh, our We Are Cisco Instagram, as an example. LinkedIn has told us that the first thing someone does before they apply for a job and the last thing they do before they take a job is talk to an employee. And there are all kinds of employee trust statistics and and you guys can go to Mr. Google and find those. You don't need me to bore you with statistics, but we try to approach people where they are at all points of the process because if you show up on day 1 and what we promised in social is not what you see when you walk through the door, we Failed because one, you're not going to stay very long, and two, when you leave, you're going to tell people that we're lying. (laughs) And that's another reason we use employee generated content because they're saying it, it's not us saying it. But we are trying to get people as close to a Cisco employee as you can get if you don't actually know one. There's 70,000 of us, folks, you should be able to find one of us someplace, but is to get you in front of that raw here is really what it's like to work there and that that applies to all stages and of course we have paid strategies and targeted strategies for specific candidate profiles you know everybody in silicon valley right now is all about artificial intelligence and machine learning and so we will target that candidate pool to make sure that they know that you don't always have to work you know at, at some of our competitors to do that we are i mean heck we just invented a new network that thinks like the human brain and we have patent holders for that technology. Like, we work on cool stuff, but it's it's approaching them wherever they are in that process as well uh, through different methods. Some are paid, some are, some are organic. And, you know, I think we do occasionally get some criticism because people will look at our social posts or our blog posts at a moment in time. And like, well, you're not saying what a day in the life in here is like, or you're not saying what an engineer is like, or what it's like to be in sales. But we look at it as like a scrapbook. You know, you can't tell every story of every employee in one post. You have to look at it as a story over time. So our Instagram is a scrapbook of, of our employees. If you took each post and did it old school, like I actually enjoy scrapbooking, interesting, interesting fact about me, but you know, you would, you would have to, you would see that story over time. Um, but it's hard to do all of that in just one post.
1: Last question before I, I hand it over uh, to to Jay. I'm curious how much of the content that you're creating um, is resonating with your active employees, current employees, both the ones that are actually creating that uh, E um employee C U uh, employee E G C E G C <laughs> thank you. You know, at Salesforce we call it O H C Ohana, you know, uh creative ah, content. Okay. How, re- how how does this content resonate with with obviously those folks, but the other employees um who read it and are kind of reinforced hey, this is a great place to work at. Hey, this really is a special place uh in in, in Cisco any way that you're measuring that? And is that just kind of anecdotal or do you actually have concrete data that, that shows the impact?
2: Yes. Well, we have data, for example, for our blog, we are now able to see how many readers we have that are employees and how many mm. readers that oh, we cool. have are talent. And that's not as easy to do on places like um, Twitter and Instagram. But what we do is if an employee self identifies in social media, for example, we have a Twitter list of actual employees that we know work at Cisco because they told us they do in their bio or in a tweet or something. So I can tell you by, you know, monkey math, I don't know what the term (laughs) is, you know, by guessing that a certain percentage of our social followers are also employees and it's a nice benefit. I don't think it's something we anticipated when we started three years ago, that retention and employee excitement would be, icing on the cake for what we were yeah. trying to do. But it's one of the best parts of my job is I have employee friends all over the world now that I've never met. Actually, my Cisco bestie, uh, we met for the first time at Cisco live a few months ago in Orlando and we're, we're best friends. I mean, at work, you know, we're, we're the ones that we always go to. and And so now we have a real life connection, but we have a lot of connections with these awesome employees around the globe. And, They get so excited to be featured. They get so excited for their teams. And one of the people on my team uh, came up to me last week and she says, we have got to get our ambassadors some love. And and I'll tell you why, because it's a really good example of what the culture is like, but also what we do as a team. And out of necessity we use a a WebEx for Teams um, space. So it's kind of like this whiteboarding space that comes with WebEx when you have a conference. And we created this team for our folks that have helped us write blogs. Out of necessity, because when you have six months of blog posts, you can't remember to go back and tell somebody, hey, your blog is launching this week, right? So we set up an RSS feed in this space so they'll know when their blog is launching, what what date it's gone out so they can start sharing it. But what we didn't anticipate is that the bloggers would become their own community. And now they comment on each other's blogs. It feeds each other. They, they comment in the WebEx for team space about, Oh, this is an awesome blog. I can't wait to share it with my network, commenting on each other's, it sparks new ideas. Oh my gosh. Um, and I, I just have to share this one story cause it's, it might be one of my favorite ones at Cisco. There's a Twitter account called Cisco Cranes. And for a year, we have been trying to figure out who is behind Cisco Cranes. And basically, every post is Cranes
1: a as in birds? Cranes yeah, as in animals.
2: origami cranes. Okay. And someone ha- kept folding these beautiful origami cranes made out of either Cisco boxes or Cisco stationery and would decorate them. And num- each one was numbered. And they would leave them on desks and Cisco signs. And it was anonymous. We never knew who this was. And after a year of trying to convince this person to not be anonymous anymore, he agreed to tell his story. Luckily for us, he's a software engineer, which is a key talent profile that we're trying to recruit for. So we were very excited when we found that out, but his sister um, had cancer and he promised her that he would try to make these cranes and put them all over the office and send them, send her pictures to, you know, keep her spirits up. And the tradition is if you make a thousand cranes you get a wish, and his wish was if he made a thousand cranes, his sister would get better and the sad part of the story is that his sister didn 't but the wonderful part of the story is that he kept doing it anyway and he 's almost folded twelve hundred Cisco cranes now, but he leaves them on people 's desks just to give them joy just to give them um, encouragement and when that blog post went out our our blog team, the people who blog for us lit up another blogger posted a picture of him with his sister who's also suffering from breast cancer and you know, it's just this community, so and wow. that's it's, in a
0: lot it's of companies. Be they'd be like, "Let's let's hunt them down" because we want to stop wasting office. At yeah, that. <laughs> be like the opposite, or the shut opposite. them down. Or, they use right. Cisco
2: in their Twitter handle, but right, you know, but that is the unintended consequence of what we do: retaining employees and getting them excited about their stories, as well as attracting. And and that's why I have the best job. I mean, it, it really is. It's it's a cool way. One
0: to- thing on the attraction side I wanted to touch on before we get into your background briefly is okay. you mentioned at the very beginning Glassdoor, and that's something that wasn't nearly as prevalent the last time you were on the show almost three years ago. Tell us about your perspective on Glassdoor, Indeed, and, and related sites. Do you feel like it is an important way for potential Cisco employees to think about, do I want to be a part of this? Um, and and where do you see that that sort of employer reviews uh, world headed?
2: Okay. I might have to come back for podcast number three.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just,
2: that's a big topic, but let me try to do an overview. On
0: the, on the list for 2021. <laughs> on <the> list. Carmen <laughs> Collins. Our, our up.
2: For Glassdoor, I think it's... I think it's just like any review site. I think you have to take the best reviews and the worst reviews and throw them out and take the middle reviews. And I think that's where the honesty comes in. But we have made a concerted effort as a team over the last couple of years to really grow our Glassdoor review numbers. And I think it's a little unfair and Glassdoor knows that I would say this, so I don't think I'm I'm saying anything uh, unfair to them. But Cisco as a company has 12,000 reviews a company like HP might have 4,000 reviews. Yeah, that's a lot. It's that's much awesome. easier to it, to affect uh, a star rating when you have less reviews. Mm-hmm. For us, it takes almost 2,000 reviews, positive reviews, to move a tenth of a point. Um, for another company, it might take 50. So we get very excited by tenth, tenth of a point jumps, right? And we just hit our 4.0 rating, and it was like celebratory day. And of course, for this year, we're, we never stop on our laurels. We're going for the 4.2 this year, but it, it takes a lot more, a lot more reviews to do that. So we do put a lot of value in the review pieces, I think. And do our proactively,
0: com- do you, do you approach existing employees and ask them to, to leave reviews, et cetera?
2: Yes. Now, you know, we have to be very careful about how we ask. We can't ask for a positive sure. review. Yes. In order for it to count. But, of course, we're going to find employees when they're at their happiest, uh, an anniversary, which we at Cisco call a Ciscoversary, or a, you know, a promotion cycle, or when our interns come in, or when our interns leave for the summer, or as employees are participating in events like Cisco Live. Um, of course, we're going to try to catch them when that they're at their happiest. But we also respond to reviews. And we respond to negative ones and positive ones. Everybody's you know, in a big company. You're going to have teams and pockets of places that aren't perfect. Again, we've never said we were. We're very aspirational with our culture. But we put a lot of stock in in that part. We just also partner with Fairy God Boss, which is for specifically women and and companies that are friendly for women and working on getting our reviews going there. And so I think that's what we put the most stock in. Again, Based on our whole strategy of employee voices, and we feel like that they that's the most honest look. Yep. I mean, you could talk about other pieces and lists, and you know, are the lists really the greatest places to work? And is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, no, play no
0: data set's going to be list, perfect. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, but, but over time, if you keep showing up on a bunch of lists and in a bunch of different places, it has got to mean that's got to mean something. But it's interesting to me that you're putting a lot of emphasis on it because some companies really are. Uh, including some of our clients, and other companies, um, including some of our clients, just don't feel like playing that game. So it's just interesting to hear your perspective.
2: There is some gaming to it. But for us, we really focus on the reviews piece. That's to us the value.
0: Yep. Um, that
2: yep. Again, that honest review of how, to, how do we get you as close to a, an employee when you're making that decision as we can get you.
0: You obviously love your job. You have said twice on this show that it's the best job in the world. How did this happen? Like, how did you become the number one social cheerleader for a giant company like Cisco?
2: That's a long and very... Other
0: than, I know you were a backup dancer for Usher. I was. That's probably not... Uh, a backup so dancer energy. for Usher is probably the best job in the world, actually. <laughs> so I think you're wrong about your previous statement. But uh, I don't think there's probably a linear relationship between a backup um, dancer for is. Usher and... See, I knew you had a story. I
2: was I was a backup dancer for Usher thanks to Cisco Technology. She's
0: the best. <laughs> She's, the best. She's <laughs> unbelievable.
2: Um, we did an employee story on the Jimmy Kimmel Wall of America is powered by Cisco Tech. And in doing that story one of the employees um, had us reach out to the producers of the show just to get some background information. And I somehow ended up on this list of when they make a request for Jimmy Kimmel's wall of America, you know, they reach out to the audience of Jimmy Kimmel and try to find someone to be on the wall. And usually were they were things like, if you have a lizard tattoo, like let us know. And nothing was ever fitting for me until one day I got this email and said, we're looking for backup dancers for Usher. And Um, I know you all can't see me on the podcast, but I certainly do not look like a backup dancer for Usher. But I said, sure, I can do that. And we went through rehearsals and uh, got to watch the taping of the show via Cisco Technology. And then they, they said, go, dance. And there I was on big screen behind Usher. It was awesome. So see, it's still my job. I have the best job in the world. But you asked me a different question, which was, how did I get to the best job in the world?
0: Yes. How did that happen?
2: I started life as a journalist. I'm a writer at heart. I'm a novelist. I I still write all the time, even though I don't often have time to do it anymore in my day job. Um, I have a team for that now, but uh, I still write. And when the internet became a marketing tool, it's kind of like sometimes when people give interns the social media accounts because you're like, oh, you're an intern. You understand this, which is not the right way to do things. <laughs> I just have to say.
0: <laughs> unless it's Snapchat takeovers. and then yeah, it's Unless
2: more. it's Snapchat. Unless there's some sort of training. But a lot of companies just give it over because they're like, you're young. You can do it. But people said, well, you're interested in the internet. So you do this. And I, I got started doing that. I, I ended up at America Online, which is really how I learned to write for the web. And how to write to get people to click on something to make them want to see more and really hone my skills there. And then worked for several Fortune 500 companies. And I don't want to name them because the reason I love Cisco so much and the reason that I think that I've been on Jay's show twice now since working at Cisco is that I think when you're looking for a job, you have to look for a company that fits you as much as you fit a company. And I think when people are looking for jobs, they often are so concerned with, am I going to get this job? Then is it the right job? They're
0: they're thinking about the job.
2: Yes, the title.
0: Not a two-way
1: street.
2: You know, I've gotten stuck in that that rift of I want the title, I want to be vice president of something, right? And then you get what you asked for, and it's not what you expected. And I have had social media jobs at many companies and had high, you know, had teams and, and been high up in the hierarchy in these companies, and still never felt like I was able to be allowed to do what I do what I know I'm good at. And at Cisco, I have leadership that backs me up. Anytime we want to take a risk, as long as it's a calculated risk, we have a, a, a great culture of go. I mean, like this whole idea of a Snapchat channel, yeah. I told my boss this, it was slightly Percocet induced. I had just had surgery and I- um, the way to do
0: both the best strategy, <laughs> yes, I found. That's,
2: you know, anytime you take a risk, but she called me on the phone because I have the best boss ever to check on how I was doing after surgery. I'm like, I've got how we're going to do Snapchat going to have employee takeovers. And to her credit, she didn't call me on my, um, you know, she's like, are you on something? She said, go, just do it. And that's what the company gives me. And at Cisco, our team, our whole team has been able, we are an award-winning team now. And people are like, how do you do it? How do you get your C-suite to buy into this? How? First, they empower it. I mean, it, it really starts from the top. And I'm finally allowed to be the social media person I always wanted to be. I always knew. That I could be, but a lot of companies, you know, a lot of marketing teams put boundaries around something and and don't let you think outside the box. As much as they encourage innovation, they really don't. Sitting in the HR department, I think, gives us some, some leeway to fly that we might not be able to do if we were being... You know, watched very closely in a marketing environment. Yeah, really. I, th- I
0: think it does help. I think it, it, does, it does make a difference. Uh, and, and I think the folks that we've talked to in the show who are coming at social from the talent side, from the recruiting side, tend to really love that ability to, to do great social and not be part of the marketing apparatus and have a, a, a you know, a, lead budget that they have to generate and things like that just a different style of social and it seems very emotionally satisfying and that's a very small focus group of you know five or ten people we've had on the show in a similar role but adam do do you agree
1: i i completely agree and i think it's part of this whole idea of embedding social media into the fabric of the company that we see so many of our guests jay and other leading companies that are doing this that are finding ways of, of bringing the genuineness and authenticity that, that permeates through social media into, like in Carmen's example, HR.
0: Carmen, we're going to ask you the two questions that we've asked everybody on the show, including you mm-hmm. at one point. Uh, yes. so we'll compare notes and see how your answers have changed. What one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro?
2: Be social. When I started in this business, there wasn't a, a class you could take in college, you couldn't get a degree in social media. I learned what I know now and the same techniques I know now from watching what other people did. And people ask me this a lot at Cisco. They're like, how do you do do this? I want to take this back to my company. And I'm always like, I'm going to give, I'm happy to be open source and tell you sort of the how, but I'm not going to tell you the how because I really want them to go back and make it there. Like, you're not Cisco. It's not going to work this way for you. And just like, you know, we'd all like to be, a Dunkin' Donut social media person because you get to market a donut, right? Like, that's awesome. (laughs) But that's, you know, I can watch them and admire them from afar and see what they do and make it mine, make make it ours. So be social, make relationships. I hired one of my best team members from a relationship on Twitter. We had never met in person. We had met on Twitter and we both ended up at a social media conference and accidentally sat next to each other. Again, having never seen our faces, we didn't know we were... our our Twitter handles. And, you know, when we had the time to introduce ourselves, we turned around and like, oh, you are that person? And um, she's on my team now because, you know, you make that connection. So be social.
0: Yeah. How many episodes did we do of this show before we met in person, Adam? Yeah. Like 60? Something yeah, like that. At least, yeah. Like it was over a year doing the show before we actually met, which is crazy.
2: Well, I only did the show once before, and Jay and I showed up. Uh, his his suit matched my purple hair. I mean, we we'd only met once, and we were coordinated after that. Still, one of my favorites we're in sync. That's
0: true. That's true. <laughs> uh, last question for Carmen Collins is the senior social media and talent brand manager at Cisco, and it's just a delight. If you could do a video call with any living person who would it be?
2: This was a hard choice when I knew you were going to ask me this question again, but I think, I think I will match my original answer. Oh, on it sticking
0: with your answer. Ago. Okay. No, no, no,
2: It's, it's, a, it's an offshoot of my answer. So okay. It, okay. when I answered several years ago, it had to do with the walking dead. I'm a huge yes. Walking dead it was Rob Kirkman um, was your answer. Yes. Um, I think in this particular instance, it would be Andrew Lincoln.
0: who oh, played, uh, the played Rick Grimes on yes. the walking dead, who apparently <laughs> is leaving the show.
2: That's why I want to talk to him. I'm like, okay, do you want out while you know? Because the last couple seasons.
0: I, I mean, haven't. I get maybe it's like, hey, I don't want to be typecast, but too late, yeah. bro. Yeah, <laughs> that that <laughs> well, shark is I left the stage. Yeah, that's too late.
2: Mostly because, again, I'm I'm a Walking Dead nut, and I've I've gone to a lot of uh, Comic Cons and. And Walking Dead conferences over the last couple of years, and I've managed to meet a, a majority of the cast, and, and wow. love Norman Reedus and Daryl, and he's he's awesome. Everything he does, he's so kind to his fans. And I've got a whole bunch of autographs, but Andrew Lincoln is the one I haven't gotten. Okay. to Okay, and now he's leaving me on it.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> now so, it's yeah. time. So got to hurry, same, uh, man. So. I want to do a whole other show just on Walking Dead conferences at some point. That would be a, <laughs>
1: yeah, cosplay at to. Walking Dead conferences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Want to know more right. of no that?
0: Yeah, they need a speaker, right? Book me, Carmen. Congratulations on all the continued success. We love, love, love what you're doing at Cisco. Really, really happy for you and your whole team. And they are lucky to have an advocate such as you.
2: Well, I'm I'm lucky to have an amazing team, an amazing boss, and an amazing company. And. Uh, thanks. for. I'm excited to be a repeat guest. Like,
0: uh, we're glad to have I you. I just don't too. know what
2: to do with myself. I'm Social going Pros
0: to- listeners, hey, if you're looking for a, a job, Cisco may be right for you. Carmen would be happy to, uh, to, to associate I'm the Social Pros you podcast. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. We'll see you somewhere. Hopefully, Carmen, I appreciate you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget uh, all of the transcripts of this episode, every other episode going back nine years on this show or whatever it is now. You can find it at socialpros.com. The same way that Carmen appreciates her community and her team. We do as well. Adam and I love each and every one of you. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there. We really appreciate you choosing this one. This is the show for real people doing real work in social media. This is Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and for our greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert. Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext, and is produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, visit us at convinceandconvert.com.